Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching the Get Your Mind Right podcast. I'm Brian Mendenhall, President and CEO of Family First Life Central Division. Guys, please like, comment, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, or any other place you watch your podcast. Enjoy, guys. Thanks for watching. Thank you guys for joining us on the Get Your Mind Right podcast. We got a special guest, Zach Twardowski. Give him a hand. And the crowd goes wild. What's up, man? Hey, man. Thank you for having me on, dude. It's an honor as always to be able to talk with you. Learned so much from you over the years, so I really appreciate it. I appreciate you too, man. So I, I want to start with this. So you're the biggest person that I've had on so far, okay? You've had a tremendous amount of success in the industry and life insurance here with Family First as well. I want you to kind of talk about maybe your your background a little bit. And then if you can talk about some of the struggles that you had early on and what did you do to get your mind right and get past them? Yeah, dude. Well, again, thank you for having me on. And I think um, I can speak to the struggle part really well because, you know, the first couple of years is just kind of grinding it out and learning how to do you know, basic things. And that's why it's when we bring on people that have some sales experience, I'm like, dude, you have a lot of the stuff that I had to figure out already ready to go, you know, because I had to learn how to simple stuff, Brian, like walk in and like shake your hand, look you in the eyes. Like I was a little awkward when I started. So I had to learn all that stuff, you know, because mm -hmm. um, I had no sort of sales background or experience. So anyone who's listening to this that doesn't, hopefully this should, you know, give you some confidence that you don't really need it to be able to do well. Right. Um, I went to college, uh, University of Colorado. Uh, my wife and I went to college there. I went to school for pre-medical. So I was going to go to medical school. Um, you know, so learning uh, biochemistry and stuff like that is not really a traditional route <laughs> to do sales or life insurance, right? Yeah. And um, I'm not, I, I know my strengths and weaknesses. I know I'm not the most, um, you know, most well-spoken person or socially inept person ever. You know, I, I just, I know that about myself, but I knew I wasn't scared to work hard and, and do things like that. So when we were, uh, we moved to South Carolina. My wife was doing this program called Teach for America, where they they take uh, college graduates and they go and, and serve underserved communities. And that's something we've always been, you know, huge on is giving back. And we're very big in faith and church and giving back to our communities. So she really wanted to do that. And um, you know, luckily we're able to do a lot of the same stuff now. But so we we moved down to South Carolina. Uh, we had deferred our enrollments to medical school for a few years, and um, I, I found a couple different sales jobs. And then I I was just stumbled across Family First Life on ZipRecruiter. You know, dug in and. I saw it and I, and dude, I, my initial thought, Brian, to be honest, was this sounds too good to be true. Yeah. But I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm 22, man. What do I got to lose? I'm already broke. You know, so let's give this thing a shot. And, um, so I reached out and found someone local in South Carolina there, got my license. And then, uh, you know, just, just kind of started, started rolling into everything. And, you know, I, I can roll into, um, you know, mental stuff, but I think for me, the, in the beginning, I, I was really negative early on. Right. And I just, mm. I, I don't know. I just was always kind of that way. So I realized it pretty early on and I'm kind of glad that I realized that about myself because I knew I needed to work on it to keep myself mentally sharp. And I was able to uh, build in a lot of things into my daily routine to help me stay positive and help me ha keep the right mindset. Right. And, um, that's, one that's of the good. things that's good, Zach. That's real good. I don't want that to go over anybody's head. Go ahead. So start breaking some of that stuff down because this is to get your mind right. You know what I mean? So help me help us. Yeah, with that. dude. So, I mean, like early on, I used to always this is what I used to always do. I'd get like 
you know, 50 leads or 100 leads or whatever. And I'd go, what if insert negative thing? Like, what if I don't set any of these? What if I don't sell anything? You know, and I used to always like, what if, and then insert the negative thing, right? And something that helped me out really early on was, you know, yourself on podcasts and Paul McLean used to do the morning, Monday morning wake up call back. I started to end up 17. Good. So back then, and then he brought it back, thankfully, which dude, that thing was a game changer for me yeah. because he's so positive and so well-spoken, like kind of almost the polar opposite of how my, I naturally am. Right. So I learned a lot and I had to do, I realized I had to do a lot of little things to keep myself sharp. So like starting back, even at that time, I was like, okay, I got to wake up early before, you know, my phone starts ringing, going off. So four, four thirty-five in the morning, I got to get to the gym and I have to do a little, I always do meditate and pray before I get my day started. And then I get a workout and listen to some positive stuff, you know, do some positive affirmations, which I know, like, I thought all this stuff sounded corny for a long time, but dude, I do little things. Like I'll finish my workout and I'll go like, today's going to be a great day. You know, we're going to help a bunch of people out today. And that was a man. Like I used to go, I'm going to help a bunch of people in the field today. You know, they deserve me to come out there and be the best version of myself, to help that family get insurance. Now I go, Hey, there's a brand new agent starting today who is relying on us to make sure that we help their family make money. Don't forget that. Like I talk to myself in the mirror. I know it sounds really weird and messed up, but I do that stuff to no. get myself in the right mind space, you know? And I think it was just came from me knowing that I used to be so negative that I have to do stuff. And now it's just like a normal part of my day. Like I'm thinking about this morning, I was at the gym, got done, you know, sat in the mirror in front of the gym, people walking in and out and talking to myself. They probably think I have schizophrenia <laughs> or something, but I'm just getting myself ready to go for the day, you know? And I, and I think I've, I've just built that into my routine and it has always stayed for the last two or three years. And it's helped me, um, start off my day. Well, cause it's so easy to like start off your day with a negative thought, right? Like early on, I used to, the first thing I used to do in the morning was I used to open up my bank account, check that I used to check and see if I had any chargebacks and stuff like that. Now I'm like, dude, I'm not doing any of that stuff until I get all my morning routine stuff done. I don't check, you know, I respond if any agents reach out to me, but I'm not checking commission statements, bank account, chargebacks, nothing until I get my morning routine done. And then I'm ready to attack the day because I want to start off on a positive note and not on a negative note. If that makes sense. That's real good, man. So going from that positive thought, first off, who who instilled that into you? Like who told you that you needed to do that? Because typically we we talk to ourselves, right? And most of the day you're talking to yourself. So you were negative back to back to back. When did you realize you needed to break that cycle? And then who did you talk to or how did you, how did you go about figuring that that needed to be your routine? I think part of it was, I realized it myself a little bit, just from listening to how different everyone thought than I did. Mm -hmm. I listened to people like yourself and like, you were so convicted that every person's house you went into, you were going to help that family. Right. Yeah. Whereas I was convinced that they weren't going to buy insurance from me no matter what, you know, wow. which is so backwards. Right. But I was just convinced of it. So I listen to people like you and Paul and Sean and you know all these people talk so positively. And I think there was a number of people that said, like, dude, why are you so negative all the time? Why are you always expecting the worst outcome? Wayne Carr was one that, that told me. He's like, hey, man, I um, because he was teaching me how to sell in the beginning, which is great because he didn't. I wasn't in his group, but he worked with me. And he was like, I want to help you, dude. But uh, it'd be great if you and he's so nice, right? He's just like the nicest guy ever. Yeah. He's like, it'd be great if you uh, weren't so negative. And I was like, dang, if, it, if he's telling me that and he's super nice, it must be pretty, be a pretty big problem. Right. Wow. Um, so I just had to kind of evaluate myself and realize like, oh, I am doing that. I don't know why I'm always expecting the worst possible outcome. And I think it's, um, I think it's a natural human response, right? Like it's kind of, you're protecting yourself. You're like, well, at least if I expect it to go bad and it goes bad, then I'm not disappointed. And you do all this weird stuff. Right. But 
you talk yourself into stuff sucking and then it sucks. Right. Where if you do the other way <laughs> and um, now I do stuff too, I'm like, we're going to go to $6 million a month by the end of the year. Is that a lofty goal? Yeah. Is it going to happen? I believe so. But even if it doesn't and we do five, it's better than me going, okay, we're at 2 million now. What if we get to three? It's like, dude, like, okay, that'd be, you know, that, that should happen. Like I wouldn't even have to really do anything for that to happen. If that makes sense. That's, so that's dope. You know, it helped me set my goals up here. And even if we miss it, then you're still here and you're not disappointed rather than just sit, staying in your comfort zone. So you can never grow if you do that. Big up to Wayne Carr. <laughs> yeah, hey. absolutely. The Wayne is the best. I, I owe so much to him, man. He, he taught me how to sell, like when I didn't know what I was doing and he took the time to break down appointments with me and and um, the only stipulation was no more complaining. So I, I do owe that to him a lot, you know? That's dope. Uh, if I if I can ask you, what what's the biggest thing that you've seen how this insurance industry has changed some of your agents' lives? Like, if you could say a couple of those things, because I know what it's done for me. Yeah, I know it's done for me too. Like on a financial level, and I'll talk about some agents. On a financial level, it's obviously like speaks volumes, right? But like on a personal development and just me learning how to be a better person, always learning how to give back to the community more, you know, making a better relationship with my wife and just helping me be a more mature person. I mean, that that's almost more valuable to, be, to me than the money, right? Yeah. Um, but I've seen a lot, like a great example I have is Brittany Jarrett, right? She's at, I checked the issue pay. I think she's at like 550 grand through whatever, however months we're in and we're right now, right? I'm beginning of August. And um, a, year and a, half, a year and a half ago, she was a stay-at-home mom you know, her husband's job fell through making a six figure income. She was kind of doing this messing around part time. And now she's making five. She'll probably, she'll probably write 800 grand this year. Her team does three, 400. So she'll probably deposit around a million dollars this year. And seeing someone like that be able to do whatever they want for their kids, for their family, you know, still spend time with them because she's so dang good in the field. She didn't have to run 67 appointments a week like I did to make the right insurance. Right that it's just, it's cool to see the change there. And now she's run a big team and teaching a bunch of other people to do the same thing. There's countless stories like that, but that's one that always comes to front of my mind. You know, it's like, and I, dude, she, she did, she was the lowest maintenance agent ever. She just did everything. She never complained. She just went to work and she's like, I gotta make this work for my family and I'll do whatever it takes. And I got people like that. It's so easy to work with. She lives in the area of Colorado. Um, actually where I grew up, it's on the Western part. There's probably 150,000 people in that whole side of the state. She lives in a town that has maybe 10,000 people in it. Dude, she's never like, there's not leads in my area. She's just like, make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. Don't matter. 50, 60, 70 grand every single month. I'm not going to run my backyard, obviously, but I drive two, three hours. Why not? You know, I'm going to make 800 grand this year. So. Wow. This is like, my mind is blown. I mean, I've been in this industry t- for 12 years now and like, it never ceased to amaze me, like what it could do for people and how, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, think, think about that, man. Brittany's life has changed forever. How many people is she affecting her husband? Um, I, I'm not sure if she has kids, but her kids are watching yeah, her. Three. Like, yeah. bro, what? <laughs> man, if you ask, ask me something, man, because I, I, I know you've been somebody that I've watched from afar. And then we actually became friends and we started to actually work together. Ask me anything that that's off the top of your head. Cause I know we've had some deep conversations, you know? Yeah. One thing I've always admired about what you do is the passion that you, that you speak to clients with and agents with. It's uh it's something I've never been able to pull off. It's not really my style, but 
maybe you could explain like how you look at every, I think this will help a lot of people, how you look at every single person you sit down with and why you speak as passionately as you do to our clients. That's good. So Zach, the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I realized what we do is real. Like I, when I had my first death claim, bro, and I actually delivered that check and Francis gave me that hug and she cried with me. She, that changed my life, bro. And then like the family things I dealt with, with my aunt passing away with no life insurance. And I felt like I was responsible. So when I go in the house, I look at it as this might be the only shot. This might be my one chance to provide protection for this family. And I don't think that somebody's coming right behind me and knocking on the door, banging down the door to protect that family like I am. Right. And, and I know that I'm not I'm not afraid to challenge people because my heart's in the right place. I might say something crazy in there. I might even slightly offend somebody, but I asked permission in the beginning if I could be honest with them. And they told me I could. So I'm going to treat every single one of those clients like like a family member, man. You know what I mean? And if you I know you're not in the field anymore, but if you or anybody like like yourself had some little some drawbacks on, hey, I don't know if I can say this or I don't know if I can do that. You you can if you put those people in a position and you looked at them like they were family members. If you looked at them like they were family members and were going to die with no insurance, you do or say anything to help your cousin or your mother or your father, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. That's the way you look at it, man. You know? Yeah. And that's so you and that's how you make like so a lot of new agents will say, I don't want to be pushy. Mm -hmm. Like, how would you respond if someone says something like that? So there's a way like so being pushy. I think you I think you can be pushy if you said all the same things that I was saying, but you had commission breath and you only cared about the money. So the difference is if you care about the money, they know it. If you care about the family, they know it. I had an agent. He's no longer with me, actually. But I had this agent that he would come up to me and be like, hey, how do you act like you care so much about these families? And I'm like, because I actually care. <laughs> yeah. try, try that. And it's something that he could never get around. And therefore, the business, they they found out about him. He didn't care. He yeah. only cared about himself. So he's no longer doing this. Make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And that I looked at it like that. You and Paul always used to say, like, picture that, you know, this family's going to pass away sometime in the next maybe week, month, year. And you're the only person that knows what would, and you can't tell them that, you know, because that'd be really weird. They'd be like, what, are you going to kill me or what? Like, they'd be, that'd be really weird <laughs> if you told them that you knew they were going to die. Right. So, like, if you're the only person that knows, like, how what would you say to them? How good of a job would you do? How much would you advocate, advocate for the beneficiary in order to help them move and make the right choice? Right. Heck and the yeah. other thing that I realized, dude, running, I run a lot of final expense, right? And a lot of internet leads and stuff like that. It's like, dude, when you're meeting with people that are 60, 70, 80, 88 years old, sometimes they have no insurance. It's like, they're going to naturally want to procrastinate and they know that they need it. So they need you to be that voice of reason and, and that professional person that helps them move along. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Hey, hey Zach, we're going to wrap up, but if you could talk to somebody that's thinking about getting into the insurance industry or they're in the insurance industry, but kind of playing around with it. What would you tell them that they need to do today? I think um, I think the biggest thing that people would need to realize that they're playing around with or thinking about getting into it is that if you take like a landscape of all of our agents, right? And there's people like yourself, very well-spoken, good salespeople, people like me who aren't the best salespeople in the world. But just as long as you care about families and you're willing to work hard, you'll be able to make a tremendous impact on 
your community, you know, people you care about and the families you serve and yourself financially. Right. And one thing, Brian, go back to the mental thing. Um, I remember uh, my, my first, so in 2018, my goal was to hit Hall of Fame. And the first half of the year, I was not on pace to do it at all. And I had a, a really pointed conversation with Mark Mead. And he was like, what's your goal? And I was like, Hall of Fame. He's like, what's your weekly goal? I was like, 10,000 a week. He's like, stop it, dude. That's a dumb goal. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean by that? And he was like, well, you're making the goal about the result. He's like, you take like Kobe Bryant or someone. He's like, you think they just show up to the game and go, I'm going to make score 50 points a game. I was like, I guess the answer is no, based on what you said that. He's like, no, his goal is to just be as good as he can every day in practice and give it everything he's got so that when the game shows up, he's going to do 50 points a game or whatever, right? That's good. So he's like, for you, your version of that is, he's like, myself, maybe I have to run 15 appointments a week to 20 appointments a week to write, you know, 10 to 15 grand a week. Yours, you're newer, you don't have the experience, you're going to have to do 30. So make your goal to run 30 really good appointments a week every week and the numbers will shake out. And when I started only focusing on, on doing 30 really good appointments a week, I think it's like athletes. They just focus on doing everything they can to prepare, right? And then when the game comes, if they did everything they could, then they feel good about the result that they have, right? Win, lose, draw, whatever. It's like if they gave everything they could in practice, they may not be happy about losing, but they're like, I gave everything I had. So I started treating it being in the field like that. I'm like, dude, I set 30 really good appointments this week. You're going to have weeks where you write 15, 20, 30 grand. You're going to have weeks where you write five. But I gave it everything I could, and I did everything I could to put myself in the best possible position. And I think if you do that and don't focus on the end result, don't focus on 400,000 or 33 grand a month or 7,200 a week. Focus on, hey, how do I run 30 appointments and set myself up as well as I possibly can for success? And when you do that, it takes all the pressure off and the numbers always work themselves out if you do that consistently. That's good. Hey, man, I appreciate you jumping on. I know you're extremely busy, man. If I could ever do anything to help, I'm here for you, brother. Appreciate you, Zach. Hey, man, you've done, you've done plenty to help myself and everyone in the company, dude. So I'm just honored that you had me on here. Appreciate you, man. Take care, guys.